Chance on for Virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a Episode 200 of For Fox Sake, we've joined jockey Brian Hughes in the 200 club, there's a reference no one's going to get, I'm going to Rome, Rob's been to a game of football, there's plenty to talk about, all things Leicester, once again on For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode 200 Rob. Way. And you think you didn't think we we're going to get this far, did you? I'll be honest with you, I didn't think we'd make it past episode two, let alone 200. And that is, <laughs> that's testament to the wonderful people that are still clicking play every other week or whenever we manage to churn one out these days. I tweeted yes. earlier, didn't I, that uh, it's a surprise, very surprising that we are recording a podcast. I actually went to a Leicester game away Um a pig flew by and then it fell off the end of the flat earth. That's really ultimately what's happened in the last 24 hours. Yeah, apart from pre-season or, or post-season and obviously we've had the issues over the last couple of years with with all the stuff um, surrounding football and that. So this is arguably one of the longer, longest periods of time during a season where we've not done a podcast. One reason or another, you've you buggered off to on holiday to get burnt in, uh, in Egypt and... Um, and I was going to do a podcast during the game against, um, remind me, in the... Uh, PSV. PSV Eindhoven, that's it, at, at King Power. And that didn't quite work out. So it was like, hang on, it's, it's episode 200. There's no rush. We'll wait until we've got five minutes and we pretty much have about five minutes to do this. So, um, yeah, well, first up, yeah, a bit of a, you know, pat on the back and all that sort of thing. 200 episodes, brilliant, fantastic. But the, the thanks does have to go to the listeners because it's all about the listeners. And end of the day, if people are listening, we'll carry on doing this. We've been doing it for nearly nine years. So there you go. It's, it is it is what it is. But we won't kind of crow on about it too much because, you know, we're not going to go back over the highlights or whatever. We'll, we'll we'll do something at the end of the season. We'll have a basically we've got one or two ideas for this episode two hundred, and I think we're just going to put them on the back burner because there's an awful lot of football to talk about, and we'll do all that silly stuff towards the end of the season. Now, Rob, you've gone and seen, as you've alluded to already, you've gone and seen a real life football match, uh, and it was Leicester who actually handily for you they took they took part in it, and. Um, and it was away from the King Power Stadium. Now, are you feeling okay? How, did uh, 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 I got something to do with this uh, the sunburn that you've got from Egypt? This is it's affected you. It's gone to your head, Rob. I know. Well, normally, I can't I can't get a ticket, or when I could possibly get a ticket for for an away game, I, I would be busy. And then I got a message a few days ago from a mate, uh, Jack, who said uh, I've got a spare ticket to to Leicester Everton. Do you fancy it? And I was like, oh, but it's on a school night and I'm I'm an old man these days. And he was like, you're coming, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So went to Goodison Park, which was um interesting old stadium. The view from the away end is absolutely terrible. There are pillars absolutely everywhere. If the ball goes about a metre in the air, then it's 
basically behind the roof and you can't see it and you it's anybody's guess where it's going to drop um but in terms of just feeling the atmosphere of an away game again because it has been so long since I've been to one it was just brilliant to be part of uh, and it and I personally think it was it was one of the best away atmospheres that I've um experienced in my time following Leicester it might have felt like that because it's my first one in a long time I, I genuinely could not tell you the uh, I, th- I think I think I've figured it out actually it, it took me about a day or two to figure out when the last time I went to a competitive away game following Leicester uh, and it was away at Old Trafford in the title winning season towards the end of the season when we could have won Blimey. the title on the day um, Wes Morgan scored I think in a draw that meant we didn't win the title yeah 1-1 one, 1-1 one, 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 wasn't it yeah that um, knee slide but, as well the celebration the kind of like Ah, yeah, that's me yeah. doing the knee slide. But that, I was in—I that, was—that's that noise. <laughs> that's you, that's the noise you make every time you knee slide. Uh, but that was um, that was not technically in the away end because my boss had some access to some hospitality tickets in the United end. Um, so I was sat there. Brawn sandwich. And yeah, and then prior to that, I went to um, a preseason game. Actually, I think after that, I went away to Stoke for a preseason game. I went to Stockholm to watch Leicester Barcelona in a pre-season friendly, which is obviously not technically an away game. But, you know, my, my away following has been absolutely shambolic, really, for, for somebody that sits here and spouts on about Leicester on a weekly basis with you. So uh, really, really pleased to be back in amongst it. And we were dynamite first half. We were unbelievable. I thought, I'll tell you what, atmosphere is great. We played our first team. We're pinging that ball around, making Everton look like the terrible side that they are. What could possibly go wrong? Well, what can possibly go wrong? I've, <laughs> I've, I've was trying to work out. I've just landed actually. Jordan Blackwell um, from the Mercury. He, he uh, actually has just tweeted the, the the thing I was looking for whilst you were just going on about the game there, which was not how many points we've lost, but from winning positions. But um, it's eight points dropped in injury time. That's what I wanted to find, and four of which in in the last few days with the the goal against Newcastle, which was a crazy goal really, to concede after being on their byline with four seconds of injury time remaining in the 94th whatever minute. And then to concede a goal, a little bit freakish, but still lots of lots of kind of errors at the back of Marty, probably the main culprit, Schmeichel. And then this goal, again, I, there's no one really individual fault. Should have been cut out. I mean, people were on about Tielemans when it comes to the Newcastle goal, but he was really kind of running, treading water. You know, could he have brought him down? Well, yeah, but, it, you know, it's it's awkward. And then the goal against Everton, just a, just a little bit of a mess. You know, it's, it's not fell for them. The only person who fell to his knees was Keenan Dewsby Hall banging the ground in anger when it went in. Ultimately, I don't think it really matters overall in the league campaign, but it, it, you can't throw away points like that. Again, in two successive games, it's absolutely ludicrous. But the main, obviously, part of the season is the Europa Conference League. The fact that Leicester are still playing well, though, they are desperately missing Jamie Vardy. Absolutely crucial. And I'm still going to bang the drum for the Clecci and Acho not being the lone striker. He, he, of course he's going to score the odd time here and there. Um, Dako in that position hasn't worked and won't work against decent Premier League opposition. He can play in that role against lesser opposition. And who knows, maybe in the future. But at the moment, that's not working out. And it can I can only presume, and this is all in the in the future, it's going to be a position that we address. 
and we've been saying that for an awful long time, but it, it really has to be because it, it seems that um, Brendan Rodgers is not going to change from that forward three. And if that forward three is the case, you've got a player in Kletiannaccio who is just never going to be that player. Never. So is it the time to cash in? Who knows? We'll wait and see. That's That's all to come. But a, a real mixed bag, you know, a decent, as you said, a very decent performance or more than that, which is great because that's what you want. You want the levels to be high. And then when you go into a game against Roma in a week's time as recording this, it's going to be, those levels are going to be very important because we turned up at the King Power against PSV. And I was worried, to be perfectly honest. I was quite worried sitting there going, right, looking through their team going, well, he he's a very decent player. These had a very good season. Hmm, they are only like what six five points away from Ajax. They're in the final, which ultimately they beat Ajax in the final of their domestic cup competition, uh, which is some performance actually on the back of uh, losing to Leicester. It's going to be a very difficult game, but I thought Leicester played played very well over the two legs against PSV, and they're going to need those level against Roma, a, a very a very dangerous side Roma in, in I think completely different ways, and. I know we've we've just kind of easily glossed over what's going to happen on Saturday against Aston Villa, but I think it's it's very easy to. It really is about Roma and and sitting here doing a podcast with you, Rob, for the two hundredth time. We're talking about one of the biggest games in Leicester's history on episode two hundred. Which, when you look back and you've won a league and you've won an FA Cup and you've had Champions League quarterfinals, that's a ve- and also an awful lot of quarterfinals of cup competitions as well. That's a, a, a brilliant position to be in because not, again, going over the whole campaign, the whole you know 200 episodes, but from where we started, it, it's an amazing feat to be to be in a European semi-final for the first time, to be in a semi-final of a competition for, I know we won the FA Cup last season, but since then it's been how many years? It was way back, weren't it, um, in the FA Cup? And then you go to the League Cup campaigns, it's way over 20 years. So it's it's still a brand new thing for me to be in a semi-final of a competition, but in Europe as well. And you look at the Conference League, and, and you look at the way... The way people turn their noses up at it, absolutely fine, no problem. But you get to a certain point in any cup competition, you're going to be bang up for it. You think Liverpool fans were interested in the League Cup? No. As soon as they get to the semi-finals, right, we're up for this. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Do you think Leicester fans are up for the Europa Conference League? No. But as soon as we are in it, right, okay, this is the competition. Now we're in the semi-finals, bang, fantastic. And you look at the lineup. You tell me the lineup of the Europa Conference League is not, if not stronger, than the Europa League. I think so. I, I completely think so. And um, just thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to that game. Me too. And I will once again eat the words that I spouted out on this podcast a few episodes ago when we were weighing up on, on uh, sort of the final game day of the group stage of the Europa League when we were talking I, about I all the different I didn't want to parameters. serve them to you, Rob. I didn't want to serve yeah, them to you. Well, I knew you were going to serve them yourself. Here, here they are. I'll, I'll offer them up. Uh, and you, you said to me, um, "Would you rather finish uh, if, if you don't if you don't get through in the Europa League in, in the top two places? Would you rather finish third and drop down into the Conference League, or would you rather finish fourth and be out of Europe?" And I said at that stage, uh, I would rather finish fourth because we're, with all the injuries, etc., I didn't Ooh. think that we would need the hassle of playing additional games 
in a nonsense competition. And I was almost backed up by the manager, Brendan Rodgers, when we first got it, when we first sort of, when he first realised we dropped into that competition, when he claimed that he knew absolutely nothing about it. Uh, but you're absolutely right, as you get closer and, and, and as you actually, you see how the Premier League season is panning out and, and it's really by the by now. Premier League games for Leicester are are really just there to get a bit of match practice into some of the players like Evans and Fafana who are still sort of on their way back from injury, albeit at a very good level already. Um, it's about trying to get some momentum. It's about trying to finish the season on a high, but ultimately doesn't really matter whether we finish ninth or 13th let's be perfectly honest because no if you're looking um the here and now we don't as fans we don't care what what number position we finish in really but in those because they don't mean anything all all that matters now from a footballing point of view is Leicester doing everything they can to try and win this trophy because we are in the latter stages of it and we are ultimately potentially three games away from winning it um then you look at the fact that that offers a way back into European football, which means that the emphasis on the Premier League is nowhere near as strong because there's there's too big a gap to close now anyway. But, you know, you would still have harboured hopes a couple of games ago before Everton and Newcastle collapses. Um, you would have harboured hopes of, of maybe closing that gap and putting a bit of pressure on, on, on maybe getting into a European place. It's not going to happen. So all the eggs are in one basket for the season now. And when you take that into the bigger picture and you think, OK, Leicester in the Europa League next season are going to be a more attractive prospect for potential new signings. They're going to uh, naturally sell more tickets uh, and get more bodies in into the ground as and when any kind of stadium expansion happens. You know, everything is more positive around the club if you know that there's a, Europe, a European campaign coming up next season. And we have a strong opportunity to claim some silverware and to qualify for Europe next season, which means that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Some people might say, oh, this isn't a European semi-final. It's a minor European semi-final. Still in Europe, still a semi-final. And regardless of what kind of regard you hold the competition in, there are tangible rewards at play here, which makes these games absolutely massive. It's a it's a weird thought actually thinking of Leicester not actually being in Europe next season. That's a it's the first time actually when you've been saying that thinking well, yeah that is going to be weird. It's going to be it, it hasn't really crossed my mind. Hopefully it won't need to. Hopefully we'll win the competition and be in the Europa League. But it hasn't really crossed my mind what effect that will have on maybe the transfer targets, whether we've got targets or maybe deals in place, but it requires us to be in Europe. What effect that'll have on the finances, and also what then pressure etc that will then add on to those games in the Premier League obviously will aid our Premier League games look at what's happened over the last few days and not equating those late goals given away as because of our run in Europe but I think it's quite natural to kind of put two and two together and it's not the core reason but it has to be part of it I was doing a I was on a, a Everton podcast and pretty much said no matter what a score is in the last five or ten minutes you will come strong and more than likely score regardless of whether it's a consolation, a winner, or a late equaliser. And unfortunately, that happened to be the case. So it means an awful lot. I was I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, a friend of mine uh, posted, obviously, in, in relation to Leicester getting through to the semi-finals, Forest fan, and says, um, and says, oh, what, what will Leicester put above the badge if they win it? Surely you don't put a star 
um, and all this sort of thing. And I, I just replied with um, memories of being there. Because <laughs> obviously everyone who's a Forest fan really who has a go. Not I don't think none of the old boys do, but um, most of them just weren't even alive when they won all, all their uh, competitions. Um, or if they were, they were one and have no recollection of it. So um, that was my reply. Yeah, memories of actually being there. Looking forward to Rome. Got my, everything sorted. Just got to look at the tickets now. It looks like it's, well, their end, 60,000 sold out in six hours. And apparently Leicester have got about 5,000 tickets. And um, I think it's going to be a real scramble. I'm not too sure whether it's going to be on reserve seating. I'd imagine it will be. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, it, it may well be a bit of a job to get tickets. Anyone with any suggestions, then let us know on uh, on Twitter, at FFSpod, or directly to me, Pete Selby, on uh, on Twitter. Because, uh, yeah, the, t- the flights are booked, the hotel's booked, but uh, tickets, hmm, I'm a member, so we'll see what happens with, with those. But anyway, yeah, look, look, looking forward to the game against Roma. I mean, brilliant that it's Jose Mourinho, you get all, all that essentially nonsense and that on the touchline and stuff but uh, a, a really a really strange side Roma I, I think Roma are on the borderline of being a very good uh, team in Italy I think that's been the case all season there's a, a great belief in Rome about Jose Mourinho they really got behind him even though the results haven't been um, they haven't been the most consistent side. We know Tammy Abraham has moved there and has had a brilliant season, absolutely brilliant. You you know you're talking about an English striker who's you're going back years and years and years for for a, a striker from these shores, really a British striker to go over there. You go back to Haley, etc., and a few others um, in the early nineties. It, it's it's been an awful long time, and he's been a real success. They're a very good side when it comes to set pieces, which instantly sets the alarm bells going, doesn't it, when it comes to Leicester. Um, but Rome has, has just taken Jose Mourinho. I think what happened is when he arrived there, they basically went, right, you're our man. We're going to back you to the nth degree until it either all completely falls apart, which it more than likely will do in the not-too-distant future, hopefully, in the next couple of games. But um, at the moment, they've had some brilliant wins. And I think that's just kept them afloat because... The league campaign, even though it looks pretty good on paper, it's a wide-open league. I don't think it's the strongest league this year at all in Italy, but it's a wide-open league, and they've, they've managed to hang in there. They've had a few disappointing results against lower league opposition. When they've come to the big boys, they've had some good success, which I think has kept them in clover when it comes to the fans. But I, I, I think it's going to be, obviously, an amazingly difficult game for Leicester. But I, I don't think there should be concerned at all with taking on Roma at the King Power, keep it tight go into the game against PSV I think the Leicester players were quite surprised against PSV of how um, how comfortable Leicester were when they had the ball I think it was the game where we always knew PSV would move the ball pretty quickly and they've got one or two um, two players in their side who can really hurt Leicester. I I'm, I'm still don't understand why Gakpo played out wide in the first half in the first game. I've no idea why they didn't play him straight up top. He was a lot better in the in the second half even though he he lived on scraps. But I think when it comes to Rome coming to Leicester, I I think the Leicester players will look at them and they'll look at Abraham and a lot of players will know him, but I think they'll look at the other players in the side and go, "Well, we can do something here. It's not like I know it's a huge club and I know it's a big manager and all that, but I don't think Leicester are going to be phased at all by Rome in the slightest. That's in the first leg. We'll wait and see what the score is going into the Stadio Olimpico, which is a completely different kettle of fish. 
Of course it is, yeah, because obviously we're we're sitting here saying that that we're seeing this semi final as a, as a big big game, one of, one of the biggest um, that the clubs taken part in, and and I know from the conversations I had on the way back from from Liverpool last night, which was a disastrous journey, by the way, cancelled trains and all sorts of chaos, but. Uh, got chatting to a Leicester fan, didn't know him, but got chatting to him on the train, and, and and he said he was in floods of tears when Leicester won the FA Cup because you know winning that trophy, but also winning a trophy as a as a Leicester supporter is, is such a big deal because we we haven't had that kind of level of sustained success. And he said, I think I'd be exactly the same if we if we end up winning the Europa Conference League. So I think it's our, our sentiments are are shared quite widely, I, I, I believe, throughout the Leicester fan base. So the atmosphere at the King Power next Thursday is going to be very, very... There'll be a little bit of tension, but I think it's going to be very noisy. I think it's it going should, to be very... It should be. Let's just say it should be, Rob, because I against PSV, and I am going to say this from a position of commentating at the time, so I can't really sit there banging a drum or chanting or whatever, start singing Molly Malone or whatever. I can't do that. But... I will just say right now, I thought the dis- I thought the atmosphere against PSV and the King Power was really disappointing. I'm not going to say it was poor, but it was a disappointing atmosphere. I know it was tight, I know it was one uh, nil nil, but and I know there was nerves, and you know if, if we concede here, oh, is, the, is the game going to slip away? But I I was quite disappointed. I know the atmosphere away from home has been good, and on occasion at the King Power, it's been okay. But I just thought in that game. It was disappointing. Whether it's going to go up a few notches in the semi-final, you would hope so with Rome. You really would. You would hope so. I think there is a possible danger of the fact that there is um, a lot of nervous energy when you look at how the games have panned out against Newcastle and Everton recently. Speaking from experience in the Everton away and last night, uh, the the collective sort of intake of breath and then the the absolute dead silence every time Everton had any kind of set piece the the tension was really really palpable there so I think especially with Roma being decent from set pieces that that could suck away some of the energy but I'm hoping I'm I'm, uh, I've got a ticket for the for the home game next Thursday so I'm going um as a supporter Uh, two games in a week would you believe I'm getting getting a bit dizzy oh you 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 go you go into the Rome game at home yeah 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 um uh, I managed to convince my mum and dad to surrender their season tickets to me. Oh my so, god! Yeah, I know. Thanks. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm going to the game. So I, I guess I'm I'm expecting a, a good atmosphere, but I'm really wanting to to be part of a of a good atmosphere as well because I think the last European game that I went to at the King Power was the Severe game, which was absolutely unbelievable. One one of the best. Oh yeah, uh, most entertaining games of football, one of the best atmospheres that I've experienced at, at, at that stadium or any Leicester game. That was so, just I've, white hot the whole time, wasn't it? It yeah, was just yeah. You, you, there were so know, many different elements to it as well, which were fantastic. Yeah, you you know when it, there's that. Obviously, there's a crescendo when there's a goal, when there's chances, when Leicester are on the attack, and everyone's got that kind of that buzz. There is that big buzz where it's not quiet at any moment during that three or four minute spell when Leicester got corner after corner or whatever. It was like that for 90 minutes. That was the, that was the quietest, wasn't it? Against, against Sevilla that game. 
Mm, exactly. Now, and obviously, I take the point that this is the first leg, and there there will obviously be an intention to make sure that you don't that you don't lose the tie in the first leg. You've got to make sure you're still in it. So I can understand that there will be some level of reservation on the pitch and therefore some level of reservation within the stands as well. But still, it's a big occasion. It's a European semi-final. It is a, a, you, you could never have dreamed of having um, a, a semi-final like this against Roma when, when you first sort of thought of the Europa Conference League. Um, so so I, I personally am fully intending to just go there, enjoy it, uh, try and back the players to come out with some kind of positive result. I think the only uh, possible downside really is the fact that the, the Newcastle and Everton results have been so disappointing in, in, in the manner of them that, you know, if, if those, uh, it's big, big ifs and buts, but, you know, if those two late goals hadn't gone in, uh, then you'd be taking an awful lot more momentum into the into the Roma game. What what you're trying to remind the players at the moment now is you've had you've put in some decent performances, but the results haven't quite gone there. You know, if if we'd have played Everton off the park, banged three in in the first half, and you know conceded the obligatory goal or goals, scrappy ones or set piece ones, and you still come out with a win and you've and you've battered them for sixty seventy minutes, great. Um, sickening blow. Same thing with with Newcastle. You know, played well first half. Second half was a bit flat. Uh, you come away with a one all draw. You take four points from those games, and you, you go into the Villa game, and you think, right, going to be a change side again. It's not going to be anywhere near the side that faces Roma. And and you want to pick up. You want to put in another good performance. You want to pick up another positive result and really go into the Roma game. On on a wave of some kind of momentum, it, you're gonna have to dig a little bit deeper, and Rogers is gonna have to dig a little bit deeper and say, "Look at his first half against Everton. The performance was great. Whereas, you know, if you were going in there with, let's say, two wins and a draw from the three games approaching it, I think um, the players and the fans would probably have a bit more of a spring in their step. But it is not a one-off game, but a two-off game, if you like, and and a lot of that will be sort of by the by, and it will be. Who who plays the occasion essentially, and an occasion I'm hoping it will be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, looking looking at Roma, like I said, I've done a bit of a, a, a deep dive on him. I mentioned their decent at set plays. Actually, I, I'd go further than that and say it's a real strength of theirs, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a game where we will need height. It's a game where we'll miss Indeedy certainly, and um, I wonder whether that's going to play any role in. In, in who plays uh, for Leicester. We'll have to wait and see what happens after the Villa game. The one problem with me, uh, with those two games that we've had against Newcastle and against Everton, is it's not the points dropped. It's, a, it's as you said, the momentum going into the you know the game, etc. I think the, the standard of play has been fine. But for me, it's the game against Villa. because Not just because it's the game closest to the Roma game but if you held on against and got maybe a draw against Newcastle and then beaten Everton even if you lose to Villa that's still a decent run of games going into that now I do worry about Villa on Saturday I really do I know they've been out of form etc but I worry for that I worry that game because Leicester are going to make plenty of changes you'd imagine Fafana and Evans aren't going to play you'd imagine one or two others may 
be rotating. Maybe Daka starting. Um, who knows? Maybe even Yuri Tillemans uh, doesn't start. Even maybe a Dewsbury Hall. Maybe it's like, look, you know, maybe they just go full Hall Hog and say, right, we're going to have a, a semi-reserve side start to the game. Because there's no point in, in, in playing from the start these other players. Yes, they can come off the bench, whatever. But to do that on the back of two decent results, a draw and a win, would be fine. And I think if, if Leicester even signposted it early in the press conference on Friday, Rogers turns around and goes, look, everyone, we're going to make some changes. So there you go. You know, Everyone would turn around and go, of course, no problem at all. And if you get turned over by Villa... Who, by the way, the way that they set up and the team that they've got on their day can turn over teams. You you can put a line through it and go fine. But if that happens on Saturday, on the back of what's happened against Everton and Newcastle, that starts to build up and that's not the best preparation going into the game against Roma. Absolutely desperately missing Vardy. What a difference Vardy would make to a Leicester side with Fafana and Evans in. It really would make all the difference. And... I have no idea what situation he is with regards to the second leg. I'd imagine that would be the aim. I'd imagine it's the aim to somehow get Vardy semi-fit for that second leg. And you'd imagine it would be a, a starting role if possible and maybe only play for an hour if if possible. Who knows? Um, we know fitness doesn't really come into Jamie Vardy, does it? It's just a case of whether he's, he's um, not injured, whether he's fit in terms of being able to put one foot in front of another um, lasting the 90 minutes is not really an issue because he can come off or the stand uh, the way he plays obviously he does save himself uh, nowadays running around um, an awful lot less than before for, for obvious reasons so that would be a huge boost if possible but I it's really a cut and paste job with what happened against PSV you can't really go into a second leg away from home and Rome on the back of a defeat, just like we were saying against PSV, you can't really go in on the back of a defeat going into Eindhoven. It's, it's going to be an, a very difficult task, even though Leicester turned around a at what was at the time a losing position in the tie to beat PSV. And let's face it, in those final twenty minutes, in fact, the final sec, the second half, Leicester were brilliant. They were they were exceptional. I know they missed a few chances here and there, Barnes, but. They were all over them, and the interlink and the play between the likes of Luckman and and Dacker and Madison and and Dewsbury Hall was really really good, and and hopefully that can bamboozle a a Roma defence. Hopefully it can be Leicester who brings the game to Roma, and they look at it and go, well, hang on, this is an intense game. This is quick. This is slightly chaotic, but littered with quality moments from a Leicester side that they don't often see in Syria, which at times is slightly pedestrian. Roma, I wouldn't classify them as being the quickest side in the world, hence the old set play technique. It's not quite um, a Wimbledon of the mid-90s, but it's towards that at times. And so that's the way I think Leicester can really put pressure on Rome, by being as as intense with their pressing down. Have James Madison leading the, the, the press, which I know is a, a buzzword which people use willy-nilly, really. But that's what Leicester did. You go back to the game against PSV, that's what we did. We put them under pressure. We never let them have the ball. We never let them play their game, apart from maybe the first 10 minutes of the game, which you thought, hang on, these are a half-decent side. And occasionally they caught us on the break. But I would be less worried about Roma on the break than I certainly would be with PSV with the players that they had. So... 
I just think Leicester look at what they did against PSV and, and cut and paste and say, right, this is the blueprint for beating them. In fact, the way that they played against PSV, I think, would be better matched against Roma. Yes, they've got to keep it tight at the back. Hopefully, Fafana just continues his really good form. I, I can't see any of them playing against Villa. And, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are going to be going to Rome, but, you know, we don't want to be going on the back of a, a you know a 3-0 hiding, do we, really? Especially if they're in your boat and you've not even got a ticket. That'd be a, an interesting journey, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, the thing is that Roma, yes, they play in Italy, which is typically, Serie A is typically a, a slower league, more pedestrian, a bit more methodical in the build-up a bit more time on the ball than you get in the Premier League. And they've also got a manager at the helm who is just very, very good at making sure his teams win big matches. And, you know, the amount of semi-finals, finals that, that Mourinho has won um, over the years is, is, is remarkable at different clubs. So they've got him at the helm they've got obviously they've got they've got some quality in the, in the team of course they have uh but i think you're right if if you if we press and harry them that automatically especially if you do that opening 10 15 minutes that is going to then lift the crowd and then that's going to encourage the players to keep doing it and i don't think roma are going to be able to to cope with that um they might be able to soak it up for a little bit there's a lot of experience in there there's a lot of quality international footballers of course there is uh, but if 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 just Leicester just get at them, then then it creates a sort of atmosphere and a, and a positivity around the ground, which which can be fed off by supporters and the players. It's obviously impossible to maintain that for ninety minutes, especially against a, a quality side like Roma. Uh, they will have opportunities, so it's about making sure um, that. Leicester are as resilient and resolute as possible because you can do all the good things in the world but if you have one lapse in concentration or one individual error or one breakdown in communication that can really upset the balance of the tie and you know Leicester have not been great at eradicating those I've got to say you know when when the 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 last minute winner went in against Newcastle and Rodgers comes out after and says game management's got to be better we've got to learn from it blah 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 you know when when I saw the the changes that we all hoped for against Everton when the team sheet came out last night uh, and it was seven changes and it was a complete change of the back four you thought there is no way that a back four comprised of Ricardo Pereira Johnny Evans Wesley Fofana and Timothy Castagna there's no way that either they are going to let that happen or that they are going to let the players in front of them get themselves into a situation where they're in a potential position to concede a late goal again. I just thought, you know what, you're talking about learning from it and are players like Amati and Suyuncu ever going to be capable of properly managing a game? You would argue not because of the fact that we've always said that they are much better when they're playing against a more experienced and, and composed partner. Um, but you just thought it's not going to happen with Evans and Fafana, and yet history repeated itself three, four days on, and it's twenty nine points lost from from winning positions or or drawing positions down to losing positions, um, and and we were working out on the train back because we had absolutely nothing better to do yesterday from the Everton game that that would even if you took half of those off, 
then Leicester would be fighting for top four right now. If you if you put all twenty nine of those points on our total, we'd be comfortably third. So press Roma, yes, get in the faces, yes, play at a high intensity, move the ball quickly, work hard without the ball, yes. But there's always that tiny little bit in the back of your mind, especially against a team with quality players like Roma, where you think mm, we've we've always got the the potential to shoot ourselves in the foot here and I know it sounds a little bit pessimistic but it really is what we're living through uh, this season it, it kind of sums up this season doesn't it yeah it really does it's such a strange year such a strange season when uh, on the odd occasion you, know, you get asked to go on bits and bobs or other, other things and um, and they mentioned about what's happened to Leicester this year and you're like well sit down where do we begin it's been a, an absolute Roller coaster is just an e- easy term. It's been a roller coaster of a season, hasn't it, Rob? Really, and who knows? Who knows where we're going to get off this ride? And all sorts of different analogies. It's um, hopefully it continues. Hopefully it continues. It's you don't want it to just. It won't really fizzle out because we'll still have only a few games before the end of the season. It's not like some teams who again are going kind of through the motions at the time. Um, one obviously that I deal with quite a lot with Southampton. Just bang, there you go. There's your team. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be very entertaining. I really worry for for Villa. I, I look at their side, and um, you look at the way Leicester are, and I I, I just look at the two centre halves. I look at it's going to be Soyuncu and Amati, and I compare that to Ollie Watkins. Danny Ings, and I don't have any immediate injury news at the moment in front of me, so whether one or two are going to miss. I continue then behind them, uh, Buendia. I look at those four, and I look at the movement of an Ings. I look at the movement and pace of a Watkins. And then I look at the ability to thread a pass and to find space behind a Mendy or in and around a Mendy, and then looking at them attacking by running with the ball at a Amati, and I'm thinking, oh my word, it just, for me, it doesn't set up very well for Leicester, it looks like a very dangerous game, don't get me wrong, we have the ability to to really hurt Villa, and they have the ability to shoot themselves in the foot, I think they've got a very good goalkeeper, but they, they are a strange side, I thought they would have really, and they did and immediately with uh, Steven Gerrard kick on, I, I think there's going to be a big change there in the summer, I think there's no... Even though they 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 sign one or two, I think there's no reason to not believe that Villa will spend an awful lot in the summer because Gerrard's gone there for one reason, and it's to really kick on in the Premier League. It's I don't think it's oh I'm going to go to Aston Villa because there's a side who will more than likely finish around about tenth place, even on a, you know an average season. I don't think that's the case. I think they've promised him promised him quite a lot of money, and I think there's going to be a lot of changes there. So. Um, I I just I just worry. I don't know what it is. It, it with those players I mentioned, the way that they set up, I can just see Leicester having quite a few issues. Hopefully, it will be a game where certain players come in and, and perform well. Iosi Perez, remember him? He was brilliant holding that ball up and then cutting it back uh, for for Madison's goal, and then ultimately contributed into that final twenty minute performance and and with the final goal etc for Ricardo. Maybe he gets a run out from the start. Um, Adamola Luckman, he's playing for a contract. And the conversation around Luckman, whether I'd say it's 50 50, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say probably about 70 30. And I have absolutely no basis for this whatsoever, Rob. But I'd say it's about 70 30 in the Leicester fan base 
in favour maybe of Luckman signing if you if it was going to be say 15 million quid I would certainly be in that case I think I think you look around Luckman and you go really well settled very good player um, has shown his ability on the field on more than one occasion um, also yes he's got his disappointing displays in him but so has everyone but it's not like Jenga's under who would go game after game without doing nothing and then show the odd flash I think Luckman has shown that there's a player there I think if we sign him he could still kick on. There's a lot more to come, even though he's played well. And so I I would be in favour, and I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be starting. Uh, I mentioned Dakar. The midfield is going to be an intriguing midfield. Surely Mendy will play for obvious reasons because he can't play against Rome. It's um, I think they, they may even rest Dewsbury Hall. I know he's you know a, a Duracell bunny and he can just carry on and on and on, but I think him, maybe even Tillemans, that would be an area of the side which I would be slightly worried about it would be the middle of the park straight in fact straight down the middle the center halves and then the middle of the park away from mendy that's where i I, I, maybe even someone like chowdhury could come in if you look at villa and those attacking midfielders you bring in maybe a chowdhury and say right here we go and then maybe an attacker just in front of them maybe even someone like madison could maybe start possibly who knows it's um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So if, if we just look at the Villa game overall, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go high scoring. I think there's gonna be plenty of goals in the game, and um, I, I'm not gonna predict a defeat at home to Villa. But I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go for three three. I was thinking that you were gonna say two two, so I was gonna go bigger and go three three. So I'll oh. I'll drop I'll drop down into the into the two all. There is absolutely no chance in this world that we're keeping a clean sheet when we change all no. of the back four again. Absolutely no, no chance. It, it, it'd be an interesting, um, not experiment, but an inter- interesting uh, thing to try with it, maybe two holding midfielders, play Mendy and Chowdhury. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that you yeah. can stop players like Coutinho um, sort of popping up in, in those gaps. You can really keep things tight and offer some protection to our back up back four really uh, and then like you say Lookman I think Perez was excellent against PSV not quite so good against Newcastle when he when he got a chance from the start still obviously technically got an assist but I, th- I think he was he, he looked every bit the player that we really wanted him to blossom into at Leicester in the in the last sort of section of the PSV game uh, and that was obviously highlighted by the, the quality of the assist um, so you know, Lookman, I'm I'm in exactly the same boat as you there with Lookman. Fifteen million pounds ish is the sort of talked up figure these days to get a player that is consistently pretty good. I'd say he doesn't he doesn't often do anything wrong. Really, I'd, I'd probably like him to be a little bit more positive. But then I am in the camp of give the ball uh, give the ball to a winger. And get them to face up their fullback one v one every single time because the chances are you're going to beat them more often than you're not. But I think Lookman looks after the ball very well. Uh, Rogers himself has said he's much more impressed with the fact that it is now instinctive for Lookman to chase uh, a lost ball or a loose ball or make sure that he's back in position rather than walking or or moping a little bit. So it seems that he's happy with his attitude. Uh, he's chipped in with eight goals this season which I, I saw in a stat the other day and I was interested to see because Rogers has apparently set him a, a target of reaching double figures that's a decent contribution from someone that's not played an awful lot and and he kind of looks like the kind of player that 
if, if you look at his career so far, he's been a little bit nomadic, really. And and if Leicester can be a place where he feels he can settle and he can have a, a particular role and he can have a run in the team, then he could be a very, very effective player for Leicester. And at that kind of price as well, I think, I think it would be a, a very sensible footballing and business decision, really. Uh, to to put Lookman in and, and like you say playing for a contract start him against Villa say go on do do what you got to do uh, I think it probably will be um, w- still one striker unfortunately because obviously we've only got two at the minute you're not going to put both of them in the team and and potentially lose one of them um, midfield's an interesting one because Jews Biola started what sixteen games in a row something like that now and Tielemans can't be far off either. Uh, and if you lose, if you take both of those out of the midfield, especially when somebody like Sumari is no, not, not fit at the moment, you, you are then, I, I don't think he's going to rest both of those. I think one of those will feature. He might be the midfield three is, is Mendy at the anchor and Chowdhury slightly more, uh, just to the right of him, slightly further forward, Dewsbury all to the left in, in the sort of Rogers four three three if you like. But yeah, it's going to be, we're going to concede some goals, but I think Villa are susceptible to conceding as well so high scoring draws all round I think we're going for aren't we yeah I think so I just thinking about it now when you're talking about that midfield I can't see them I I think if you look at if you sit down and go right who are we going to protect for Thursday you look at Yuri Tillemans and go we we I know he's been slightly off form Uh, people might say it's because he's going to go etc whatever could be the case but you're not going to play a European semi-final at home without Yuri Tillemann starting in your side. I can't see him starting. I can't see him starting against Aston Villa. So that would make sense. You look at Dewsbury Hall and he's, well, yeah, play him, play him. I, I, I know the kid could do with the rest, but do you, you know, you look at it and you go, well, he's going to play on Saturday and then he's going to play on Thursday. So actually it's fine. All you're doing is negotiating the, the possibility of him being injured. So which of course could happen in training so yeah we we wait and see and um and obviously it'll be a chance for you to see the statue because i don't think you've seen the statue have you i haven't no i'm really looking forward to that actually it's um it's excellent it's it really is excellent it's uh, it, it's it's different because it's not like they've just plonked it in the middle of nowhere you know it is towards the entrance of the ground i know a few people have mentioned well when everything gets redeveloped it's going to be slightly away from where all the fans are going to be well that's true but um hopefully the whole area gets redeveloped hopefully around the entrance and that i know there's not an awful lot you can do there but i think what they've done is is excellent with the the seat in there is great because that's what you want it to be a focal point to meet people etc um, and also the statue itself, the big plinth that it's on, huge blue marble, and and then the statue itself is fine. You know, it, it looks like him, etc. And you know, little pose, little thumbs up, and that great. It it looks it looks great, and um, and yeah, it's it, it is bang on. It's it's done in a really good way. It's it, you know, it's classy, etc. It's uh, and and again with statues, they can go horribly wrong, and at least it isn't in that category. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really fine addition, and also, it um, it really gives you a, a sense of maybe what they're going to be doing elsewhere around the ground. You know, if if that's the the care and attention that they've put in there, and also the care and attention that they've put in in the in the garden itself, around the other side of the ground, 
you just can't see them with the redevelopment basically cutting corners you know it's going to be a fantastic uh, addition to the area and and long uh, hopefully it starts very very soon and and imagine I possibly see some of the the work being carried out this summer and imagine that's going to be the case but uh, yes interesting times rob for episode 200 uh, we <laughs> we await with bated breath what happens on saturday and then it's and it's all all guns to you know welcome welcome rome it's um yeah it's i mean well, i don't think there's an awful lot more to say it, i'm looking forward to it i really am um i'm looking forward to the away trip question mark with tickets i've got my membership ready and a few of the people i know are getting membership i don't know when the tickets are coming out i'm gonna to have to find that don't uh don't bother messaging i'll look on the uh on the website after this but uh I suppose, Rob, we're going to have to come up with a suggestion, a suggestion for a score against Rome, because I don't think we'll be doing a pod before the Rome game. Um, I am going to be positive. I am going to go for a 2-1 home win. A 2-1 home win and a late goal, but this time a late Leicester goal. Late Leicester goal. I like it. You know what? I'm going to go even more positive because I'm going and this is what I want to see. I am going for a win and a clean sheet. Oh yes, I'm going. I'm going one nil. I was going to go. Why not? I was going to go one nil, but I can just see. I can just see them scoring from a set play. You know, I can see anybody scoring against us. I I reckon if I played in a team against Leicester for ninety minutes, I'd have a chance at scoring from a set piece. Dear me. Well, there we go. Well, that's it for episode 200. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, we'll do loads uh, towards the end of the season. We'll have, um, we're going to do loads of questions, aren't we? We're going to, you know, over the last like eight or nine years. Not like, do you remember when this happened or whatever? But like, um, you know, silly questions with stuff like people want to hear. Um, and we're going to, we're going to do that. But we're going to wait for, wait for the season to fizzle out. We may be even, I mean, who knows? Fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But if, you know, if it does start to fizzle out with a few games to go, um, you know, the silly season on the podcast can maybe start uh, a little bit early. But that's it for episode 200. Episode 201, hopefully, Rob, will be on the back of European success before our trip to Rome. What, um, who do we play in the meantime between those games, he says, not looking? Good question. No idea. <laughs> this is a uh, This is a podcast with two genuine Leicester fans who have absolutely no idea of who they're actually going to play against in between the two games against Rome. Now, I'd imagine, first of all, it's going to be an away game. And I am just filling for time expertly. Uh, Leicester, we will be playing between the home game against Rome. We're away at Tottenham. Of course we are uh, away at Tottenham. So that's not exactly going to be an easy game at all. Uh, hmm, yeah, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And then, of course, we've got the game against uh, Everton to come still at home. Everton, Norwich, Watford, and then Chelsea and Southampton. So in terms of the games after Rome, we've got those five games remaining. So it can still be a very good end of season. But hopefully, in between that, we have a trip to Albania and we'll cross that uh, hurdle if we get there. So that's it for the podcast. Do you have anything else to say, Rob, on episode 200? No. Thank you very much for listening to us for the last 200. Onwards with the next 200.